there we go. Uh, Potato, can you just make sure that my voice is coming through properly on the YouTube live stream for me? And just wave or say something or other if it is. Okay, that seems promising. Alrighty. Hey. How's it going? Oh my god, Vaughn, please don't. Yes, it's him. You're embarrassing yourself. Vaughn. I'm so pissed because my state my state finally had their first case of the coronavirus. And then like they just blamed I'm it so off. pissed. Bro, UQ just had like coronavirus. Ago, oh, you sound pretty young, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna get die of coronavirus. Hey Vaughn, I got I got an extra week to do all my assignments. I'm so happy. Like all the classes are closed in QT next week. Oh yeah. Wait, cool stuff. Another week? Another week? Yeah. Oh, I might one. even get, I might even get two. Come on, get in. Yeah, I, I got two. Like but I think it's gonna like, get everything calms down. Yeah, it's probably like, gonna. They're not gonna, they're not gonna call longer. it an indefinite expansion, extension at this point. It's gonna keep doing it and hope nobody well, keep... notices. Well, I mean, that is a it, very why nice would they stop it? Lock, you are very much fucking being very nice and yes. assuming that people are gonna be on topic. We uh, we're making some. Someone, someone bring up a monetary policy, and uh, it's gonna right. go to hit, go to hell. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, no I one's mean, gonna break the ice with the EE. I'll be the one to do through. it. Hey, how's it going? I know I said we were before, but I didn't mean it. No, that's okay. Well, I hope everyone. <laughs> I didn't mean it. I hope everyone is staying it's safe. You're really, really, you're really far away from your mic. Is it? Is it very it's quiet? Is it? Catch everyone, shh, shh, shh. E. Right. Is that not working? Oh, working? Oh, it's so bad. He's no, in plugging in your microphone. Are you like in Ooh. the distance? Or something? I know what it is. I know what it is. He's like he in is. the. He's like in his kitchen making breakfast. Sounds like he's, he's in the toilet. Yelling. Yeah. You sound I'm like you're on the other side of the room. Oh, Silence. yep. Waiter holding. Waiter. Yeah, waiter just hit four dollars. Nice. Okay, is that better? Yes. I was using. Yeah. Uh, for some reason, I think my computer reset and all of my oh, microphones. Uh, I think you were using. It was using the the shitty mic on my uh, webcam. Whoa. So hopefully yeah. that's a whole lot better. What? For everyone. Face laptop. Yeah, I think I'm gonna sell that. Alright, so, um, as I was sort of saying, I hope everyone's staying safe and is quarantined or, uh, you know, making sure they're practicing social distancing and no one's feeling sick and everyone's enjoying the, the working from home or studying from home and to those of you that are still out there, uh, you know, I hope very hopefully soon you'll be allowed to, to do that, but um, either way, um, just stay safe out there, guys. I need all the viewers I can get. Apples. So, can I be the first one to ask a question? Can we get a photo of your working at home setup? Ah, uh, I'm assuming you're working at home at this point. Ooh, um, hang on. I, I do actually have a photo because I was showing my, um, like my 
my my company my like my day job like my working from home setup but i don't want it to reveal hard too much hang on let me let me have a look at the photo let me really analyze it to make sure it doesn't doesn't give away too much about me and then if it doesn't then i then i'll show you okay one second one second i'll be right there he's but he has like four body pillows in the back and he's gonna have to think that i learned about when because we we all took photos of our of our workstations and everybody's is like uh, uh an ironing board and a seat and a laptop I've got my gaming rig, and mine like stands out like a sore thumb. Make sure there's no geotag. Make sure there's no geotag on it. If there is a geotag, we'll be able to see exactly where you are. Well, how the fuck? How the fuck do I properties? Take a screenshot. Oh, you put it through paint. Oh yeah, true. There is a. You can check properties. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna take a snipping of this photo, man. I, I'm really, really worried about this now. I'm gonna have some like crazy stalker person. Well, look, you're, you're all quarantined, yeah. and, it, and it's 60 stories in the air. So look, if you, if you can climb up here, honestly, you've earned it. You've earned a face-to-face -face meeting. Wait, if you take like you know how like on the Discord app you can take a photo, will that still have a geotag? Um, so most, most of them are supposed to. Most software is supposed to remove the geotag. However, occasionally, does Discord don't. I have no idea if Discord does or not. I don't know off the top of my That's head, so I can't, you know. The thing oh, no, is that every, every photo phone. format does, like, geotags differently, so you can't have, like, universal stuff before it. There's only, like, APIs that try to capture them all. Yeah. So, Discord's got a hard job getting rid of them all. Yeah. Yeah. My desk's a mess, so I probably, like, I, like, my desk's pretty organized, except for, like, one corner. Yeah, I had to hide my alcohol and took a picture of my desk because I didn't want them to see what I was drinking. All right, I'm looking at it. It's pretty, it's pretty nondescript. So, and it's pretty, pretty cute at the same time. So, all right, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Oh my God, I feel like I'm gonna miss something here and I'm gonna regret this almost instantly. But all right. Wait, where are you sending it? VC chat. No, economic discussion. あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ
Uh, well, it's one of those one of those things, right? Uh, I don't think they have as good a chance as Qantas, um, but of course, it's speculation. They're still are responsible for lots and lots of jobs, um, and you know, sort of some essential services. I don't think so. No. Um, if push came so, to shove, what do you think would happen if a company like like a company like Virgin put out bonds, say November? Oh my God! Don't ask out, him that. And then like this coronavirus thing hit, and those bonds dropped in price, like. Do you think what are the chances of them defaulting on those bonds? So, look, question. I've already answered it for them multiple times. I don't oh. trust your answer. I didn't, li I didn't like it. To be no, honest. my answer was the exact same as E's. So, Mango, your mic. Well, why would we trust you? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's one of those. It's one of those things. Of course, who knows, right? Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's one of those sort of issues where, you know, governments got to know that, you know, these, these companies have been misbehaving and they've been, you know, doing stock buybacks and all this kind of stuff. And they should have been saving for an eventuality like this. Um, but you know, look, who, who knows now the one saving grace that they have is, is the government in charge at the moment, um, is, is a liberal government and they tend to be more favorable to businesses. So potentially they have sort of a bit more of the political, uh, now, so I suppose to, uh, to be a little bit more protective of large institutions like Virgin. Um, but I feel like it will be one of those things where they'll probably hold on to Qantas. Uh, Qantas in Australia is like almost like a semi-government agency in a weird perverted kind of way. But I don't think uh, Virgin so quite has that sort of, um, yeah, I don't think it quite has that same sort of characteristic where it will be sort of held on to at all costs. Because at the end of the day, we, we have our national airline. Uh, it's Qantas. It's not like Virgin adds anything to the market that we would be devastated if we lost, apart from a lot of jobs, of course. But even still, I'm, I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that Virgin's a huge employer. Uh, like, obviously, it has you know thousands of employees, but compared to like you know um, banks or other institutions like that, uh, it's probably not huge, and certainly not compared to to Qantas. They're the one. Thing is they have already announced 715 million dollar bailout but it's not going to be anything to cover the company that's like yes. it's, a, it's a support package it's a, pack, not a, bailout, it's a support yeah. package and it's not even it, even if all of the, even if all of that went to say virgin it still wouldn't cover them they're still they're still in the red right now um yeah yeah, anyway. I mean, interesting, interesting times. But um, I have a feeling, and it's a good feeling with this video, that we're actually going to stay on topic because the topic tends to be what everyone's been trying to talk about for the last few videos. Uh, and yeah, as um, Captain Locke sort of so optimistically put it, these are sort of the topics for discussion. Uh, monetary policy, fiscal policy, moral hazard. Uh, now I fully expect, as always, that we'll deviate from those, but at least let's get off on the right foot. Does anyone have any specific questions, uh, comments, complaints, thoughts, opinions about um, any of those sort of three topics as it relates to the video? I have, I have a complaint about the first one. I don't think it should be raised to negative interest rate. I, I think it should be raised to negative interest rates, not zero. Lowered, lowered to negative interest rates. Like, I think, you know, like, negative 12 would be pretty reasonable interest rate to have. Negative 12% interest rates? Yeah, that would be, uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, sure, that'd be great for people that don't have that any cash. That would incentivize people to spend. Like, if you're losing 12%, man, you're gonna spend your money pretty quick. Or even better still, if I'm getting paid 12% to go out and spend, happy days. 
the government is literally subsidizing my home loan now. You only you only need sort of I think negative four percent for uh, your your home loan repayments over a thirty year mortgage to be fully offset. So pretty good. You did a video on negative interest rates, right? Or was that another YouTuber? Uh, I've done a video uh, on negative interest rates. He did. He did yeah, a video. I thought he did. Yeah. yeah, I did send you the the bond thing that we were talking about earlier. But yeah, no, I don't want to get off topic. But you might want to check that out later. Um, so is this the Liberal government's fault? Like, I've been watching a lot of Friendly Geordies lately, and he's been saying the Liberal government in that, that classic accent. Um, like, the Liberal government is to blame for everything. Not like, A, shutting down our borders quicker. Uh, B, um, ScoMo's just shit in general. Um, just that. Uh, do you have any opinions on those two points? Do you think the government could have, like, uh, issued maybe the stimulus packages earlier or maybe even later? Would it be more beneficial or, like, uh, we had this discussion last night about, like, whether it's better to put out a stimulus package uh, earlier or later when compared to, like, so, uh, like, so this is this is of course. Um, I, I want to as much as possible cater to a worldwide audience, uh, and and a lot of the questions that's very much focused to Australia. But it's an interesting case study. Um, so I don't think it's the Liberal Party's fault. Um, obviously the the circumstances around the bushfires, floods, now um, this this pandemic are massively outside of their control. Potentially some of the policies that they had were a little bit um, poor form in regards to the bushfires. You know funding for the Royal Fire Service and things of that nature. Um, but at the end of the day, it's ultimately sort of more what we call sort of an act of God, I suppose. It's outside of, of any specific person's um, control. Now, um, with that, it's obviously very hard to blame them for uh, the impending sort of economic downturn because it's, it's not necessarily even like a demand push downturn. It's, it's a supply side shock. Um, but they do find themselves in a very difficult predicament because this time last year, you know, conveniently around the election, which which came in, in 2019, for, for those of you who are not in Australia, our Liberal government, which is the kind of uh, Australian equivalent of the Republican Party, they're a little bit more right-wing, free business, and they were opposing our Labor Party, which is the, you know, Australian equivalent of, let's say, the Democrats. Um, and they were currently in power, and their sort of big selling point was, well, we got our economy back into surplus. Um, you know, when the Labor was in power, they ran up this huge budget deficit, and uh, but we've got it back into surplus now, which is great. But look, for a major developed economy like Australia, um, probably not that important. People tend to think of it in the context of households where, oh, look, if I'm in surplus, I'm, I'm great, uh, which is not necessarily true for government. But irrelevant to that, um, they sort of said, well, we're back in surplus. When they weren't, they were not actually back in surplus. They were projecting a surplus in 2020. Uh, and that was based on their current tax earnings plus um, their... You know, planned expenditure. Now, of course, businesses are slowing down. There's, you know, probably a shift in unemployment. Uh, people will be earning a lot less money, so their tax revenue is going to be a lot lower. Plus, they've had to step in and, and offer, you know, uh, 17 billion dollars worth of subsidies through, um, you know, things like discretionary spending and, and business uh, levies and stuff like that. Um, and that's meant that they're, you know, their spending has gone up while their tax revenue has gone down, which means that they're not in a uh, budget surplus. Uh, can you find the screen you're missing? Like, what do you mean by that? Sorry, what did you mean? What did I mean by what? Sorry? Uh, this, this discretionary, uh, discretionary spending. Yeah, so basically, uh, Scott Morrison, who's our Prime Minister, has kind of got onto the news and said, yep, you know, guys, don't panic, we've got you. Businesses, you're going to get this. Uh, people on uh, pensions and welfare, you're going to get 750 bucks. 
Uh, and he's kind of just given out money in the hope to sort of, you know, uh, especially for those people that are kind of hard hit to, to make sure that they kind of keep on, you know, spending so that the economy keeps on chugging along, which may or may not be the right response to this particular type of crisis, but we'll get into that a little bit later on. The problem is they promised this surplus. Now, they're not going to be able to achieve that surplus now. So a lot of people are turning around and saying, well, you're an idiot. You, you promised something that you couldn't deliver on. And sure, these, these um, you know, circumstances are extreme, but you need to be able to foresee extreme circumstances. You're the leader of the country. It's your job to sort of look out for this. So they're kind of a little bit apprehensive about spending too much because if they run a big budget deficit, well, they're going to look like morons. Uh, the other thing is the Labor government in 2008 um, was very, very well respected um, in Australia for their response to the subprime mortgage crisis and the impending global recession that came along with it uh, because they had a very, very direct uh, and very, very strong approach to fiscal stimulus at that time. Their response was to give every sort of taxpaying citizen of the country $900. Just there you go, in your bank account, do with it what you want. You know, if you want to spend it, you know, if you want to save the money, fantastic. If you want to invest it into stocks, fantastic. If you want to go put it on number seven down the casino, you beauty, no worries. It's yours to go and spend. And of course, that gets people spending. Now, the Liberal Party is, as an opposition party sort of said, oh, that's the most dumb thing ever. It's, you know, just giving money to people to go and buy drugs. And, uh, you know, they, they were very much in opposition to it. Now, overall, uh, it was a bit of a success. You know, Australia never actually went into recession, so it's hard to sort of argue with it but now they kind of find themselves in the same sort of situation and they're like desperately searching around for some kind of fiscal stimulus but they don't want to give people money which would potentially be the best solution to the problem because then they're going to have to kind of go back on their word where they sort of turn around and said oh well labor party is looking like an idiot so is it the liberal party's fault absolutely not um but it is sort of exposing them for being silly billies i suppose That was deep. Mm -hmm. That was a pretty good answer. Pretty satisfied. Thank you for that. Pretty long. Cool. All right. Um, so, uh, and, and, you know, for what it's worth, um, I do, like, I'm not sort of too much uh, sort of leaning one way or the other in the political uh, spectrum here in Australia. I, I vote based on policy. In the last election, I voted for Labor, um, even though it probably wasn't in my best interest just because I sort of foresee them having a, a better plan sort of long term. But, um, you know, I always sort of like to uh, add on to those sort of comments, just any kind of persuasions that I'd have one way or the other. Another question with voting a government based on their policies is when, whether they will, they will remain in power for long. Will they be able to see their policies, you know, uh, working the moment the Prime Minister resigns or you know, one day, just, you know, food for thought? What was that question? Like, like, like policies, they don't last forever, so... They don't, of course. Mind. Yeah, and and look, um, obviously the solutions to this kind of downturn are going to be pretty short-term policies. It's not going to be something that dictates the, the economy of the nation for the next 10 years. It's going to be what dictates the, the economy of the nation for the next 10 months. Um, luckily, I suppose, for the Liberal government, they have only just been re-elected, so they've still got, you know, close on three years left in office, um, which means that, you know, potentially they have time to recover from it and... You know, they'll be judged on sort of the recovery more so than their sort of initial actions, which I think is probably a good situation to be in because they're not sort of um, bound to, to knee-jerk reactions like, oh my God, we've just got to win the next election, like, say, they will have to do uh, in the United States. Um, of course, you know, uh, Donald Trump and the Republican Party have an upcoming election at the end of this year. 
Um, and this financial crisis, I suppose, has come just in time, right? Um, it's one of those things where it's, well, you know, they, they were kind of doing pretty well in terms of the economy, well, at least in terms of the stock market. Um, you know, growth was relatively stable and obviously the stock market hit its highest points in, in history. Uh, but now, uh, with this sort of uh, crisis and, and the reaction there to it, uh, all of the gains during the time that President Trump has been in power have been erased. So that was his one kind of big, you know, victory all points. And if you've seen the stock market, you know, obviously I'm, I'm good for business. Have you seen how much we're winning? Um, which is probably fair, to be honest. He was obviously doing something right. Um, you know, I think the S&P 500 hit, you know, close to three and a half thousand points. Uh, and now it's down to two and a half thousand or even less, which is, um, you know, what we were sort of seeing at the highs at the end of the Obama administration. So it's interesting times. Um, but of course, that's sort of speculation. Uh, baked potato, uh, I muted you, and I'm sorry about that, your uh, mic was echoing, but you did have a question, and I want to try and read this out, because uh, it looks like you face-rolled the keyboard, but I'm going to try and decipher it. <laughs> Would you say Fisco Polacki is road bump for economic disaster to enact Montre Polacki? What? <laughs> uh, uh, okay. Right. Would you say uh, Fisco Polacki is road bump for economic only disaster way to enact monetary policy or would you say that fiscal policy should be used as the strategy to end the crisis okay so that's a really good question now it's unfortunate um that uh, a lot of central banks around the uh globe have kind of been acting sort of as independent agents from their um governments normally they work pretty well together um, at the end of the day, the central banks of a nation are an independent entity, so they can make their own mind. You know, if the government says, hey, we really need some fiscal stimulus right now, can you please lower monetary, uh, can you please lower interest rates in line with that? They can sort of just turn around and say, yeah, no, fuck you. Like, no, um, we, we do whatever we want. Um, and the same sort of goes, I suppose, for uh, the governments, you know. Now, a lot of banks around the world, and uh, you know, I'm going to go back to Australia, I suppose, because I guess it's the market that I'm most familiar with, um, the Central Bank of Australia has been lowering interest rates for pretty much consistently for close on a year now. I think at this time last year we were at 1.5%. Just today, um, we've dropped our interest rate to 0.25%. So uh, we've lost over a percent in, in the space of 12 months, which is uh, very, very steep. Now, in the meantime, they've sort of been begging the government, oh, please, you know, increase your fiscal spending, get the economy going a little bit more. Uh, and they sort of said, no, nah, because we've got to get this budget surplus. Um, so what that is to say is monetary policy um, is very effective at controlling inflation and that's what it's there to do. Um, in the same way that, um, you know, a hammer is very good for, um, you know, sort of driving nails or, or beating things up or knocking down doors, uh, it's not something that you would want to use for uh, root canal surgery. Every tool has its place. Now, fiscal policy tends to be um, something that works quite well for these sorts of things because you can put it towards discretionary stuff with a lot more uh, precision than the blunt instru instrument that is monetary policy. But they work very well when they're done in unison. So if a government sort of announces, hey, businesses are doing it tough, what we're going to do is we're going to prop up businesses in the meantime, 
for now because people are going to be out of work, uh, rent relief for people that can't afford to pay their rents anymore, uh, mortgage relief for people that are out of the work and can't afford to pay their mortgages. We don't want anyone to, to be foreclosed on their home for, for events that were outside of their control, you know, makes all these big sweeping measures, which they potentially will in the immediate future. Um, that works really well if you also lower interest rates at the same time, um, because it means that those people that are still paying their mortgage are potentially paying a little bit less. Uh, and it means that, hey, if you do apply some fiscal stimulus, people are um, able to recirculate that more effectively. Businesses are able to borrow money to keep their head above water. So it kind of works hand in hand. Now, if they're fighting each other, um, you can get stagflation, which is awful. Uh, and especially, especially if it is a demand side shock, which is what we're, uh, sorry, a supply side shock, which is what we're seeing here, where it's probably more so caused by businesses not being able to operate rather than not having enough customers to um, to facilitate. Um, if, you, if your central bank and your governments are not completely in agreement, uh, yeah, you get stagflation, which is basically an economic death spiral, I suppose. I'm wondering how big is an explanation for how a central bank isn't part of the government and where do I actually need to go to get a proper long-winded two-hour explanation for that? Yeah, so what you want to do is you want to go to um, uh, YouTube and you want to type in uh, Alex Jones, Rothschild, Federal <laughs> Reserve uh, and listen to exactly what he says about the relationship between the Federal Reserve Bank and uh, its relationship to the American government and the lizard people. Um, and that's that's probably going to be your best bet, to be honest, as a reliable source, uh, academic source, I, I should say, uh, on, on how that sort of system works. Uh, you could have you could have spun that at the end saying, that's everything you now is not true. Like, now that you have everything, <laughs> that's everything that is not true about it. Right. So take the reverse of that. So so take what you've learned and I just, just, just good... throw it straight in the toilet. Um, so yeah, look at okay, th those frogs. They're gay, right? Uh, Isn't he banned from YouTube so you'd have to go on like his like website in like the swamp of the internet to like, uh, find They're him. making all the frogs gay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure. Oh god, I regret this already. Alright, alright, back on topic, back on topic. <laughs> uh, because it was a it was a genuinely good question. I derailed myself there, so I apologize Ooh. for that. Um, I don't actually know. Potentially that would be a video um, that I, I could make because it is very complex and it is different for every kind of country. Um, so in many countries, the government has a lot more influence over the central bank and you know, oftentimes they, they have sitting members on, on the, board of, the board of the central banks and in other countries they're completely independent. Uh, oftentimes they'll have more to do with um, you know, the actual uh, commercial banks than they will with the government. Um, which is kind of what we see in um, the, the United States. Obviously, they're sort of like an inter intermediary, I suppose, between the government uh, and banks. Uh, the idea is they're kind of like this... Um, their product is... Uh, oh, my goodness gracious me. Uh, their product is a currency, right? So that's... They're, in a sense, a, a business. Uh, and their, their product is this currency that's really, really useful for, for trading and exchanging things with. Because the truth is... Uh, you know, you could effectively have anything to trade money with. You could trade money with shells, you could trade money, uh, you could trade goods and services with, with shells, you could trade it with sticks, you could trade it with cryptocurrencies. There's nothing necessarily to say that these paper squares or these digits on a computer screen are what we trade things with. So they've got to make sure that one, um, that sort of, those paper squares remain stable, 
they remain universally accepted and they remain easy to facilitate business with. Uh, and that's kind of where it blurs the line between being a private enterprise that's basically pushing a product uh, and it's pushing a product through its business partners, which are sort of regular commercial banks and a government, which, of course, effectively it wants to make sure it also maintains the well-being of the economy uh, because they have a sort of vested interest in, in being sort of um, like codependent on one another, I guess. Uh, but it is very, very interesting. And the simple answer, I suppose, if that's what you're looking for, is it's complicated. It is extremely complicated, um, that relationship. And I think a little bit of that probably by design. Thank you. <laughs> uh, Concerned, thank Car you. Carbon Sushi asks, what adds more inflation, spending money and adding the deficit to government debt or spending money and refusing to add the loss to government debt? I'm not sure what that means at the last. Spending That's money and refusing, amazing question. and refusing to add to government debt. It, um, I some, so yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand the question either, but I'm going to do my best to explain what I think the question is trying to be. Uh, and from the start, you have to understand what inflation is. Oftentimes when we talk about inflation, people think of, you know, big printing presses and the, the, the Federal Reserve just spewing out, you know, piles and piles of $100 bills. And they're like, oh, they're adding so much cash to the economy that's, that's causing inflation, man. Um, and in a sense, I suppose it does, but not in the way that you think. Inflation is the rising price level of things. So effectively, you could... Um, in a sense, you could actually take money out of an economy, but if a banana costs more one year than it does the next year, well, then you've got inflation. I mean, how much does a banana cost? Like, let's say $10 this year, um, and it's $15 next year, that's inflation. That's 50% inflation, which is horrific. Uh, now, of course, they don't use it exclusively on bananas, but um, they use what's called the consumer price index, which is basically a basket of goods. You know, it's a little bit of gasoline, uh, it's a little bit of groceries, a little bit of rent, a little bit of this, that, and everything else that they put in this big basket. And they say, yep, this is sort of an indicative uh, look at what a household budget normally is made up of. If that basket of goods rises in, in price, that's inflation. Now, the things that cause inflation are either goods, less, less supply of goods, so if there are less bananas that are made in a year, if there's less gasoline being pumped, if there's uh, you know, less supply of tables, chairs, computers, anything else that you'd spend money on, uh, the price of those goods increases. It's supply and demand, right? If you decrease the supply, the price rises. The other thing that can, uh, of course, increase inflation is if the supply of money is increased. Uh, because again, you're effectively trading money for a good. And if there's more money, that means that more people have more money, which means demand is sort of artificially increased, which means there's inflation. Now, in that, that's part of the reason why central banks like to target a slight inflation, because it's normally indicative of um, a, a good, healthy economy that, that prices rise. Uh, and the other reason is also it encourages people to, um, you know, get out there and spend. So in terms of what causes more inflation, uh, in this kind of case, uh, what could be really scary is, is what's going to be causing inflation is that there is a lack of supply of things. You know, let's say that flights get grounded, but you still really need to get somewhere. Um, well, the one or two planes that might be flying are only going to be run at half capacity. Airlines know that, so they're going to charge you double the price. Toilet paper is in high demand. There's, you know, maybe the factories can't keep up with it, so they, they start charging you $10 a roll. Uh, canned food, all that kind of stuff, it, it's increased in, in 
value because you know factories are shutting down and you know supply chains have been stretched so they're kind of trying to limit that and that means um, that there, there's going to be inflation but it's not because they're printing more money it's because there's a lack of supply um, our monetary policy is, is influential in this because if you increase the monetary supply during this time sure potentially it stimulates a bit more demand but demand's not necessarily the problem um, so you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot so uh, yeah uh, monetary policy can cause inflation it's normally the lever that's used to control inflation central banks want to target about one percent to two percent inflation because that's sort of the healthy range um, if they have too much inflation in an economy they'll raise interest rates and that brings inflation down if they don't have enough inflation they'll lower interest rates which is kind of what they're doing now in a sense um, but uh, that's their primary objective and and the um, health of the economy is kind of secondary to that so I, I don't know if that was your question. I, for the life of me, can't decipher your question, but hopefully that gives you some clarity. Oh my goodness, the friend. Oh dear. Oh lordy. You guys. Yeah, you seeing you seeing what I'm seeing? Yes. Yeah, so I yep. think the other thing is... Um, <laughs> uh, money, can you comment on money printer goes brr? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Well, go brr or brr? Well, brr. I think um, the, the, the big takeaway is, look, inflation is not something to be scared of. Um, uh, it, it's just something that is there and you have to deal with it. Um, too much inflation, of course, can be scary, and runaway inflation or hyperinflation is, is very bad. But in the same way that deflation is, is probably worse, uh, central banks would much, much rather see 10% inflation than 10% deflation. What do you think if, the, the, for example, all the currencies in the world are linked to the gold, for example, that you, can, you cannot uh, inflate the gold? Yeah, so a, a gold standard. Um, yeah, so it's uh, what we sort of used to have, um, and and then sort of like we had Bretton Woods, and then and then sort of the eventual sort of um, completely running off of the gold standard. So people like the idea of a gold standard because it kind of uh, links it to something of value. It's like, oh yes, these paper squares are kind of worth something. Um, but there are a few things to consider there. Uh, effectively, all it makes it is receipts for another underlying asset. Cash is an asset and gold is an asset. The thing that gives both cash and gold their value is that people believe they have value. There's nothing intrinsically um, or fundamentally better about a big, heavy, yellowy brick than a you know, rectangular square. So yeah, of course, it's kind of nice to know, oh, look, I could go and get this and we could make something of alluvial value, I suppose, and I could turn it into jewelry, but realistically, Gold has value just the same as fiat currency has value because we let it be so, right? Now, the advantages of the gold standard is sometimes it gives people a little bit more um, confidence in their currency, but I'd imagine that most people in this chat don't have any sort of particular uh, fundamental concerns about the, the currency of their nation. As long as they're sort of in a, a well-developed economy, if someone hands you a, a big, you know, wad of cash, you're not going to be like, ah, oh, yeah, I would take this, but I'm not sure if it's going to be useful tomorrow. Um, we, we sort of accept that it's pretty um, pretty universally um, useful. It's a very roundabout way of what I'm trying to say. Um, now, the disadvantages of a gold standard is this. 
oftentimes it's somewhat limiting on what you can do with your cash supply. So at the moment, we're talking about things like quantitative easing, um, which wouldn't be possible if you were sort of adherent to a, a fixed gold standard. Now, you could have a fractional reserve gold standard where you effectively you print more money than you actually have gold to facilitate. But at that time, I mean, that's not a gold standard really as much as, you know, there's no underlying asset there, right? So it's the same as having fiat currency. That's, it makes that whole thing completely irrelevant. Now, if you are sort of adherent, so $1 equals one ounce of gold, let's say, just as an example to keep the maths easy, you gotta have a shit ton of gold sitting around to actually sort of facilitate that that back and forth, which is extremely limiting. Uh, it means you can't, you know, conduct quantitative easing to get your way out of uh, financial problems. It also means that your exchange rates aren't free floating. So at the moment, the uh, Australian dollar has pretty much tanked in value, uh, which is, you know, horrifying to a lot of people, right? Um, but it's kind of a self-stabilizing force on the economy. If the Australian dollar falls, which it has, you know, it's gone from about 70 US cents to, to 55 US cents in the space of like two months. Uh, what that means is now once, you know, people start trading again, Australian exports, Australian coal, Australian iron ore, Australian meat and cattle, dairy products, everything that we export, Australian tourism becomes cheaper. You know, if you're an American and you're planning a trip to Australia, you'd be like, oh, you beauty, you know, I can take 10 grand over there. That's worth 20 grand in Australia. Now I can live like a freaking king, uh, which makes it all the more tempting to actually do it, you know, as soon as you actually can, you know, buy an air ticket, that is. Um, and, as, and as soon as you'll be welcome back into the country. So that, um, you know, bolsters those industries. Suddenly, um, you know, the, the the oil and gas industry, the iron ore industry, the, the farming industry, the tourism industry gets this huge influx of demand um, because we're artificially cheaper, which means it kind of levels out the economy. The economy goes bad, the, interest, the, the exchange rate falls, uh, and when the exchange rate falls, our economy does better. So it kind of is almost like a keel on a, on a boat. It kind of keeps yeah. us level. Now, if you're on a gold standard, that wouldn't that wouldn't happen uh, because you're tied to this thing of value. So, well, it wouldn't matter. You can, your economy can go to shit, but your dollar still buys an ounce of gold. The US dollar still buys an ounce of gold. All right, well, there's no help coming your way because you haven't become artificially more um, competitive. So there's not real, to be honest, in, in the modern world, there's no real advantages of having a gold-backed currency uh, as it exists for facilitating trade, which is what currency is there to do. Uh, but there are a lot of disadvantages at the end of the day. You know, uh, asset is a, a, a currency is an asset like any other. It's only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. And having that sort of freely moving as its own sort of asset class gives economies a lot of flexibility to avoid problems like we've been seeing. Right now, so, right now, most you would have recommend to invest in gold. Uh, meant, uh, do, I, do I recommend investing in gold? Yeah, in these times, for example. Right, so big disclaimer as always, don't listen to what people say about investing on the internet, unless it's Graham Stephan. No, I would listen, I would. Uh, but, uh, I trust you. <laughs> yeah, well, there's your first mistake. Um, yeah, so I don't have any exposure to gold, but that being said, I'm, I'm a relatively young individual. My exposure is pretty much entirely into securities. Um, so, so stocks, shares in, in companies, I invest almost exclusively into Vanguard exchange traded funds because they're uh, low expense, they you know get a good good broad exposure, uh, and you know obviously historically they've given sort of nice genuine healthy returns without being sort of too over leveraged in any one type of security. And that's exclusively what I, I sort of invest in. 
Um, now, obviously, your mileage may vary, and, and this is not investment advice, um, but I, I sort of see things like gold as um, potentially like an outdated type of bond. I, I don't know. I, I feel like, of course, it'll always have some kind of value, but you know, historically, it's been one of those things that's been the go-to for um, you know a safe haven. But during like you know uh, in, in two thousand one, after nine eleven. Uh, gold spiked in value because people were really concerned. They didn't know what it meant for the future of the world. Um, but now we're sort of seeing another kind of global catastrophe, probably on a larger scale, to, to be quite honest. Uh, and, and the gold price has fallen. And that's because I think the market sentiment has kind of shifted away from precious metals as a store of value. And, and people are sort of more exposed to um, direct risk. They, if they, they're uncertain about it, they'll just buy volatility indexes rather than going and, and putting their money in gold. But of course, that's my four one one. Like you know, make of it what you will. Yeah, uh, she made she... a good point. Yeah, it also has limited supply, so it will increase as uh, over time. Uh, yeah, in a sense. Uh, but that's that's sort of a. I mean, that's a very two-dimensional argument. Uh, like, just because something has limited uh, uh, supply doesn't necessarily mean um, that the demand's always going to be there to facilitate the top supply. Oh, no, I was simply referring to that set of silver coins. They only printed 5,000 of them, so... Oh, okay, yeah. yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm not actually making the point that silver's, like, going to be limited by... I'm just making the point that you can have, you know, sets of, you know, values backed by commodities that will increase over time just due to you know, fundamental, like, concepts such as, you know, limited supply, um, you know, irrationality, because it's a set, it, what do you call it, has this preconception value. If you like that set, you might like it, so it might increase in value despite the commodity price. Yeah, it probably has, like, same a, over time. a collectible value yeah. on top of the, the, the raw material yeah. value. Ah, that's quite interesting. Uh, so, and, and, and I think a lot of things as well. Uh, a lot of people um, like to keep a little bit of precious metals in their portfolio, but they actually like to keep it physically, um, like either in a safety deposit box or in their house in a big safe or something like that. Uh, it gives a lot of people comfort to sort of say, oh, well, look, if the world went to shit, I still have like a, you know, let's say a pound or a kilo yeah. of gold sitting here in my vault. Um, it, it's kind of like a hedging against a risk rather than uh, an actual investment strategy. Yeah, it's like a it's like an asset of last resort, I suppose. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, someone's microphone. Oh is God, Matthias, Jesus. Matthias. Um, All right. Uh, uh, Lock, so Lock made a very good point last night about it. I want to um, go on to a question that came in the live stream. Um, two questions uh, from maybe Kumar Abie. Oh man, I'm I'm so sorry. I'm butchering your name. Anyway, uh, from the YouTube live stream. Um, the first question was, how hard is it to manage a day job with video production? Are you in academics or an in industry? Uh, I was in academics. I'm now in finance. Um, it's not too hard. I'm just like a complete workaholic that's addicted to Red Bull, so I make it happen. Uh, and I also have a team that helps me out with some of the research from my uh, previous faculty in uh, the university I used to attend that, that sort of helps me uh, do a lot of the research and, and they kind of um, sort of have a bit of a back and forth relationship, which is quite nice. Uh, it's good to have that support and, you know, that, that helps with uh, certain things that I sort of talk about. Um, and then, you know, video editing, I also have help with that as well. So that's that's really great. 
the the more sort of poignant question i suppose was um, related to the video conventional monetary policy versus quantitative easing and long terms effect uh, long term effects of quantitative easing it's a really good question um, and again it all comes back to you now i'm going to sound like a broken record the overall um, goal of a central bank is to control inflation so they really want to make sure that that's that's controlled at, at all costs and then look if they can help out the economy in the meantime fantastic so uh, monetary policy is basically if you raise or lower interest rates um, so obviously if times are bad and in times of, of peril i suppose uh, there tends to be deflation and we saw that in the video you know in in poor economic times people put things on sale and the falling cost of goods is deflation uh, now that sort of is is bad in a sense because it also stops people spending because they sort of say oh well look there's deflation if i hold on to my ten thousand dollars this year it it'll be worth even more next year and maybe i can get a better car or hey maybe i can hold on to this forty thousand dollars now uh, and right now i wouldn't be able to buy a house with it but maybe next year if house prices and all that kind of fall i will be able to buy a house uh, and that's probably something that you know maybe will happen in Australia. So that stops people actually going out and spending that $40,000, which is really bad. So they kind of want to increase that inflation, get that sort of rocking along again. Now, they do that typically by lowering interest rates. You know, they might, you know, historically, like 20 years ago, interest rates were sort of around 6 to 7%, and they dropped it. And then 2008 came around, they dropped it, and they kept on dropping it to effectively zero. And then it kind of went back up again, and, and now it's back down again to, to 0%. And once you're at 0%, well, you got two options you go into crazy negative interest rates which kind of sends mixed signals to a lot of people uh, a lot of people don't understand it and a lot of people get very very scared by the idea of negative interest rates they don't understand it and they're like well that's just the silliest thing i've ever heard the, the market makes no sense anymore i'm just selling everything which is again very very bad or you have the option of just printing money it effectively does the same thing right it effectively does the same thing it lowers it raises inflation because uh, if you do print a lot of money, you know, most people will be able to figure it out. Obviously, the price of things goes up, the more money is sort of turning around in the economy. So it's kind of just another way of uh, lowering interest rates without sort of lowering interest rates. Uh, it does sort of the same thing. Now, the long-term effects of quantitative easing, oh, like, I mean, it's the same as the long-term effects of monetary policy. It, it's effectively the same sort of um, mechanism, just in a different sort of, uh, different sort of outfit. Uh, it can obviously lead to a, a surplus of cash flowing around the economy, but the central bank can control that by, um, you know, uh, issuing bonds uh, to, to consumer banks to, to get it all back in. Um, but, you know, that's sort of the, the lever that they use. So uh, it's more sort of in short term. Uh, Matthias makes a good point. Um, the, the argument of monetary policy is, is fundamentally flawed in the sense that people don't put off spending forever. Uh, of course, you have money, you know, you still need to spend some money to stay alive. Um, but the net result, especially in short term, is there, you know. I, I, I'm doing it at the moment, so I can tell you it's not a flawed argument. Look, at the moment I have, you know, some money that, that I'm saving. And it's just sort of just sitting there in a, well, fortunately in a US dollars bank account, which is fantastic at the moment for Australia. Um, but I'm sort of seeing this, this whole disaster going along and I'm like, well, you know what, I'm going to, even though I still have a job and even though everything's still going all right for me, I'm just going to tighten my belt just a little bit because I sort of see that everything's getting cheaper and cheaper. You know, I, 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 I'm thinking about going out and buying a, a Rolex GMT, love watches, that's just beautiful. But at the moment they're like 14,000 Australian dollars. Uh, you know, if I just sort of hold off and, you know, maybe a few more people lose their jobs or something like that, you know, maybe someone might have to sell it for 10 grand because they need to make their mortgage repayments, which sounds awful, but it's like the, the, the thinking that I have. Now, that's deflation. You know, the 
price of a Rolex going from 14,000 to 10,000, that's, you know, effectively deflation. Uh, and that's what I'm kind of counting on. So I'm holding on to my money I'm not spending because I anticipate the price level of things falling. Uh, now, that's a, probably a, a pretty tacky and it sounds like I'm making some weird flex with that example. Uh, realistically, it's more so to, to purchase a, a house um, that I'm saving up that money because I also anticipate that the price of those will fall, um, you know, within the next two years because of current events and, and other sort of speculation. So hopefully that sort of uh, makes makes sense. Does that answer your question in a very, very roundabout way? Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, yeah, it does. Okay, that, that's good. I, I feel like you shouldn't have... Are you safe with US dollars? Because... I feel like the US economy is also going to tank. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I think it will, but US dollars, in a sense, are kind of like the world's reserve currency. Um, like, you know, we, we normally sort of express individuals, like euros compared to US dollars, Great British pounds compared to US dollars, yen compared to US dollars, RMB compared to US dollars. It's sort of like the, the go-to default. Uh, and in times of crisis, it's sort of like where everyone sort of shovels their money away to kind of be a little bit safe, uh, which is what we've been sort of seeing here effectively. Uh, do I, and it will look, the, the exchange that I care about is obviously Australian dollars to US dollars. Um, I will be moving some money into Australian dollars, but that's just to buy American shares. So in a sense, I'm, I'm still kind of exposed to the uh, US market. To be honest, I'd rather be exposed to the American market now than in the Australian market. I feel like we're all sort of going through it together, but America just sort of has a little bit more of that critical mass, you know. What about that darn New Zealand dollar, eh? Mm -hmm. What about it? Has it? Um, I haven't actually looked You've at it. Looking, you should uh, just just do a quick Google search for those on the live stream. It's it's nearly a one for one, uh, trend. Yeah, so. So it's time to jump off a bridge. There it's time go. to oh, invest wow. in New Zealand, oh, boys. No, look at that. That's terrible. Up. Time to invest oh. in Hobbits, boys. I wonder Now's what, the time. I wonder what that is. Oh, maybe it's because of just Interadam's like very, very sort of hardcore, like we're getting rid of all of the, um, you know, we're not letting anyone in. They did it a lot sooner than Australia. I wonder what that, that's it. I wonder why um, that's sort of gone up. I wonder to see what the article sort of all say. Right. I don't mm -hmm. want to derail this conversation, but I just made a huge freaking error i forgot to sign my students homework oh captain you're uh, a bad that's all right you're all working remotely now e-signature i have a question excellent price control or price fixing yeah okay i saw a video by tech recently who was talking about the whether the soviet economy recovered from world war ii and basically, they were fixing the prices to less than, let's say, what the goods were actually worth. Yeah. And raising uh, the wages of people, but there were always shortages because they weren't producing enough. Yeah. So. And my question is is uh... it possible to fix the prices and give people more money? without running out of stuff yeah so it's one of those really tricky ones right um because 
Let's let's take an example, and this is normally easy to explain with a whiteboard, but all of you guys are pretty smart if I do say so myself, so I think you'll be able to keep up with me. Uh, and, and when we're looking at price controls on economies, and this is why people, um, you know, kind of like the guiding hand of the free market, and they don't like governments directly interfering with how much things cost. So let's say, um, I'm not sure how you guys express it. You say it in dollars per gallon, um, but I'm going to say dollars per litre because that's how we do it in Australia. So in Australia at the moment, uh, petrol's probably about $1.50 a litre. So if I have 10 litres of petrol, it's going to cost me 15 bucks, right, to fill up my car. Now people need petrol, you need to drive to work or, you know, trucks need to drive and all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's kind of uh, almost an essential commodity. So let's say the government, um, or your government, or the Australian government, or the Soviet Union, sort of says $1.50 is too much. Too much, it's hurting poor Australians or Soviets or, or whatever. Um, they need to lower those prices so that more people uh, can afford to drive cars and get to work and, and you know that'll be better for everyone. So what they do is they say, the most you can charge is 50 cents per litre. Now, if it's a government-issued uh, body, well, they have a little bit more flexibility there. They can effectively run at a loss and subsidize that loss with taxpayer money. But if it's a private institution, they're gonna go, holy shit, well, I can only charge 50 cents a litre. Well, all right, I have two options here. One, I'm gonna be like, okay, well, I'm just gonna close up shop, um, which is not great. Or option two is, oh, all right, fine, well, we'll make it work. Our profit margin's gonna be slim, but to be honest, I'm going to be much more, I'm going to be pushing the, uh, the the Cornettos in my store more than I'm going to be pushing the uh, the petrol. So we're going to have to really subsidize my business with something else. So let's say, you know, two of the three businesses go out of business and, and the third company that sells petrol in, in Australia or the Soviet Union or whatever stays in business. So that massively decreases supply, right? But the demand goes up because people are like, you beauty, I can get petrol for 50 cents. No, no worries at all. I'm, I'm on that. So um, you'll see huge lines out the front of the petrol stations because people are sort of rushing in to get 50 cent petrol. Isn't that fantastic? Uh, the only problem is there's only so much because they've really limited the supply of petrol. Um, so suddenly, you know, they maybe service the first 10 cars in that line and then, oh, sorry guys, we're out of petrol now. Oh, well shit, okay. Well, I really wanted to get petrol because it was so cheap, but now I actually still need petrol because, you know, believe it or not, I still need to get to work. Hey, you, Mr. Man at the front of the line that did manage to fill up his tank, would you mind giving me a bit so I can get to work? Sure, mate, I'll give you that. Um, but tell you what, I'm gonna charge you three bucks a litre for it. It's price gouging. They know they can get away with it. Not ethical, um, but, you know, they, they do it. Uh, so it creates what we call a black market economy for what is sort of legitimate goods, um, but acting outside of the price controls. Now, people still need to buy it. Um, so the people that are able to access the limited supply can then turn around and resell it. Uh, and at most a, importantly, they don't pay tax as yeah, a result of this. They don't, they don't pay tax. And look, what, what have you done? You, you've limited the supply of a good. People are actually paying more money for what, uh, what was something that was going to, you know, been, been exchanged at a fair market rate. Uh, and, you know, now people uh, can't get to work and the only people that are really profiting off it are, are these sort of unscrupulous individuals that aren't paying tax and, uh, you know, it's, it's all around a lose-lose. So similar in a sense to uh, what we see with ticket scalping, right? No one likes ticket scalpers, but it's effectively it's sort of the, the best real-world example of, of how that kind of interaction happens, um, you know? I suppose the logical solution is let like the fair market determine the price of uh, tickets or petrol 
but sometimes there are people that intervene in that and they artificially sort of don't want to be seen as that person that's charging a thousand dollars for tickets at their concert or, or whatever it may be uh, and it ultimately just sort of leads to, to bad news all around so I hope that is uh, like an understanding of the limitations of price controls uh, especially in sort of the long term and especially if it, it is more extreme um, yeah it, it's it's bad news really in, in 99 out of 100 cases Mm-hmm. Well, if you limit the supply per person, you'll still have like a black market. Yeah, I if, suppose people will try to like. Yeah, people would do fake exactly IDs and yeah, work around it. Well, they they they'd get family members and stuff like that. You'd have you know teams of scalpers that would go out and buy their allotted five liters of petrol and then resell it to one particularly rich person that wants to drive around in their Hummer or their Ferrari or whatever it may be. Uh, it's it's potentially a nice solution, but you end up right back where you are because human ingenuity uh, trumps all kind of um, yeah all kinds of economic planning when it comes to making a buck. So yeah, communism will never work until we have 100% control of all the people all the time. No, even then it won't work. That's the calculation problem. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Uh, over on the live stream, people are very proud of you guys. They said, have you uh, changed the setup for the live streams? It's much better interaction now. Yeah, there you go. Well done, guys. You've been particularly civil on this one. Now, I know the topic's a little bit potentially more interesting than a, than a nation, but uh, well done on, on staying on topic. Oh, yes. And I do use Reddit. Reddit's, Reddit's fantastic for, for keeping up with news and affairs. <laughs> and uh, I'm guilty of sort of reading endlessly through comment sections to um, have my... What a uh, noise. Alright. Reddit. Someone's Oh it's G G was G hates Reddit. Ah. No, 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 I don't hate Reddit. I just think a lot of people tend to go on there to try and learn things and they end up learning the wrong things. Yeah, don't go yeah. onto Reddit to learn. You, you, you go onto yes. Reddit to sort of get the feel of public opinion and, and just how cynical and, and hateful people are, but uh, mm. it's still yes. good fun to be perfect. Although our bad think... economics is a great it's fun I read. Think... I disagree. I'd say that Reddit's a terrible source to get uh, public opinion. Like, if you browse r slash Sanders for president, you'll get a, you'll basically enter an echo chamber of people who wholeheartedly believe Bernie Sanders is going to win the election no matter what. Are you telling oh, me that we're he's not? We're straying into we're straying into political topics. No, I'm not, this isn't political topics. It's just the fact that like. On Reddit, there's a lot of echo chambers, and people don't like to hear stuff they don't want to hear. It's, it's the whole downvote system, and such. yeah, and they ban each other if you say yeah. something that is like unpopular. So it's pretty bad for getting popular opinion. Or change. You just get a opinion of the people. Ah, see, that's why I keep Matthias around as a senior moderator. He's the champion of unpopular opinion. Mm. <laughs> I would. I would, uh, I would like to point out that you know my setting up uh, what discussions we can have for today which is like following the template of the video i like to think that that helped yes yes no, there you go. i don't think it did but whatever no no i i i i, I no it didn't help congratulate you exclusively for the the better banter that we've been having during this q a session so well done guys well done i'm very uh, proud and, and i think uh you know what you guys also a, a full shout out you should definitely 
if you're ever on the Discord server just hanging out during your you know quarantine period, which hopefully just goes on indefinitely because working from home is amazing and there's no reason to go outside. It's a silly place. Uh, well, anyway, uh... go and watch Captain Locke's live streams on... Um, uh, go and watch Captain Locke's live streams on EVE Online. If you want to learn about economics and how it works in the real world, that's the best sort of most... Uh, transparent case study you're ever going to see is he sort of trading on a on a live market there on a video game. It's incredible. I'm gonna be honest. I did try watching a live stream like at twelve o'clock uh, a couple of days ago uh, when during my lunch break, and he was uh, he had a bit to drink, slowing his words during the lecture. It's pretty weird. But other than uh, that, to be yeah. fair, I was we were playing Minecraft. I was not. Playing, yeah. I would never play you online drunk. That's, that's a terrible idea. Ah. I've done that once. <laughs> yeah. And to be fair, it wasn't that. I was. I only had just like a little bit. Not, not as bad as not, not as bad as hoarding five thousand dollars worth of goods on autopilot. Ah, uh, yeah. That. Well, hey, you know. Um, full disclosure: I have lost a ship in Eve Online that was worth well and truly more than that. Um, it so, was. Yep. Yeah. That, that was that <laughs> was a bit catchy. And to be fair, the the guy who lost the five thousand dollars was uh, those were blueprints. And it wasn't like yeah. he was hoarding it. It was uh, he was hauling. He, he, well, he 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 earned it through pure blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah, and lost it, and then decided to autopilot. He spent fifteen. He spent fifteen years grinding all that shit, and he just lost everything because he left it on autopilot. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like, uh, look, to be honest, the average E player these days can probably earn about ten billion a month if they're really motivated to do so. Uh, so I feel like yeah. probably okay, that means that would that would mean that you'd be working at home perhaps or maybe you own your own no, business. No, no. I mean, it's... you you would have to. You would, that, that's a lot of time. You to would be. To it. Oh my goodness! Back you back in see, back in the day when spreadsheet then. Back in the day when I played Eve Online religiously, my goodness, I would probably spend. Uh, you, you know how people ask me, it's like, oh, how do you upload two videos a week? How do you find the time to do all this research and stuff like that? It's because I've exchanged the time that I would be playing Eve Online with with basically video editing. Oh, man. <laughs> I I would not be surprised if I have spent literally a year worth of game time on Eve Online, like thousands of hours, tens of thousands of hours. It's insane. Uh, yeah. So uh, anyway, that's that's a bit of a tangent, and I'm 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 not mm. proud of uh, the amount of time I spent playing that video game. But my <clears throat> God, is it a good video game? Neither am I. And but yeah, I would not recommend other people play it. But you guys should watch me play it. <laughs> It's one of those. It's like I don't know. Is it is it like a type of drug that's really hard to get addicted to? But once you're once you're done, it's like it's like turbo meth. I don't know. Uh, anyone that's good at drugs, let me know. <laughs> We're just good at drugs. <laughs> Do we have a drug connoisseur here, Blizz? Um, well, as a if you've oh, ever broken your less. foot or leg, I'd I'd have to recommend morphine in the hospital. You're like when you get hooked up, you go, oh, that's why people like this. Um, you get you get a sense of euphoria, but also a sense of so. Uh, I'd like to point out in the uh, live chat. Somebody asked how to join the Discord. So uh, there's yeah. a li there's a link in the yeah there's a in link in the video yeah there's a link in the video description Everywhere. that says um, join the Discord to this. Just click yeah. on that. Read the description. Uh, additionally, Show somebody notes. asked thoughts on MMT. Oh, my thoughts, my, my thoughts on modern monetary theory will be explored in a video until then. My goodness, don't ask. Yes! <laughs> I, I heard that it could be the case, but it isn't the case, uh, how MMT explains things. Let's just not talk um, about that. 
Yeah, it's, it's a tangent and it's like so it's such a big kettle of fish. And look, to be honest, um, it's one of those things again where I don't know enough about it to speak with any sort of authority on the issue. And so until I've done um, research sort of around it, and it will be, you know, one of those things where I have to do a lot of comprehensive research, to be honest, to, to be able to speak with any authority. Um, I, I sort of hold my tongue because no, I don't want to look like an idiot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, 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 very, it's very memeable. Uh, don't uh, sorry, the joy has a question. Go ahead. Yeah. Are you planning on making a video of, about the economy of Spain? Oh my goodness gracious, uh, mate. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I won't hate economies, on. please. I, I won't hate on you, mate, but um, uh, I answer this question every Q&A stream. Um, so yes, uh, every country will be done eventually. Um, okay. So I will nice. eventually work my way through all 196 or however many countries there are. So that'll, that'll keep me going for a little while. Um, but huh. of course, you know, there's a lot of countries and there are other videos that I want to do in the meantime that are sort of more general interest to sort of mix it up a bit. Um, because again, you know, a lot of countries are very, very similar to one another and it's just, I have to find something that's specifically interesting to talk about. Yeah, about that particular economy. So like, you know, if we we're looking at South Africa, it's like, okay, inequality. If we're looking at um, China, it's the transition from uh, communism to, to a, a more free market. And we're talking about north korea we're looking at what you know super stringent controls and and shitty policy can mean it it's all sort of something where it's like you think you click on the video because you want to learn about a country but yeah you stay for the the economics lesson you know um and i, I do need to sort of spread that out a bit because you know i want to make sure that people get a, a wide variety of, of content okay thank you should make a general rule whatever country gets brought up in the q a session goes straight to the bottom of the list as soon as it's mentioned <laughs> okay. i'm a spanish myself yeah then then you will have to do the Ashton school yeah well i'll uh i'll see you in three years time when i finally get around to spain then <laughs> okay such so like you just say the country that you don't want videos made on no, you're gonna pick See. a rather country than your own. Yeah. Big plan. Like uh, or something. There's a lack of politics on this channel. It's really Good. It's still... Good. Yep, yep, yep. It's let's, like, leave it, let's leave it like that. There should be more. We don't like politics. <laughs> politics. No politics. Bad, bad politics. No, stay Good out of politics. it. Politics is bad. Okay. Alright, so someone on the YouTube live stream had a question. Uh, let's have a again. Uh, he's a very active comment uh, question, and he normally has really on-topic questions as well, so thank you for all of those. Um, but it's a little bit off-topic, this one. He said, uh, how would you say someone gets into equity trading or investing in foreign markets? So, open up a brokerage account mm. and throw some money in it and, and buy some stocks or securities or, or funds or, or whatever it is that you want. It's a relatively straightforward process. Um, but I actually put it to you guys, uh, as a general vote and please, for the love of God, don't shout it out in, um, the, the chat, but just put it like a, an X in the chat, like the text chat, the VC text chat. If you actually actively have uh, a share portfolio. Okay, so uh, yeah, so we're either very, very, very heavily like underrepresented, uh, or people yeah, have sort of fallen asleep. Right. 
I mean, I'll put myself. Every in. Australian, every Australian should actually put there because everyone has a superannuation. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I mean, <laughs> when, when I mean it, like a lot of people have like uh, pension funds and things like that that they're directly directly exposed to. But I'm talking like you know they've they've opened up a self wealth or a or a Robin Hood account or a Schwab account or whatever it is for their local um, account, you know, their local markets, and they actually sort of actively put money away into a share portfolio every day or month, probably. Damn. Wow. That's... Wow. It's a dry. At least we're not Wall Street bets. That's that's a plus. Yeah. I'm actually genuinely surprised because I, yeah, look, normally like people that are sort of economically inclined at least want to dabble in it, um, uh, which is which is surprising. I think potentially there's a few people that just don't want to share or also have potentially fallen asleep on the, the Q&A stream here, but that's really interesting. And also, um, my goodness, this is the first time I've ever seen the... Uh, economics explained discord server above 800 members online so that's cool yeah most of them are inactive yeah well hey don't take it away from me man <laughs> most of them are under quarantine so what else do they have to do besides just be online well let's scroll through and see what they're playing <laughs> yeah there you go hey we can uh you know you can look at uh look at that for inspiration my goodness i roblox fortnite <laughs> Ah, I really, I really wish, to be honest, uh, I really wish my, my business shut down. I, I wish it wasn't so easy for me to work from home so that when I am quarantined, I could actually get down to, you know, playing some video games or something like that. But uh, alas, the grind continues. I mean, don't you have the, the, the capital to start your own business? Uh, yeah, I do. But I mean, effectively, I, I have, you know, I guess economics explained as a there's a lot like a company for me now. It's, um, you know, it's a thing yeah. that I kind of work on, I suppose. And yeah, I guess you not, could say that. Yeah, not many economics explain jumpers. Oh my goodness. No, 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 no. Winter. no, no. Need no, no, economics no. explain jumpers. Yeah, now. when is yeah, the Yeah, when's the merch coming? Ah, uh, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll slowly we'll slowly sell out harder and harder as, as uh, everything progresses. Uh, you can guarantee yeah, it. It'll become a hard... It'll hard first in. Stimulus package 101 or something. <laughs> Money printer go burr. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Oh, if I could, printer if, go if, burr. Actually, that's generally... Like, I could, you know those like uh, Supreme like money guns? I need an economics explain oh. money gun. Money gun go brr. What is a money? Yeah. Money gun go brr. <laughs> yeah, we'll call it the uh, the expansionary fiscal policy. Oh no. Ah, oh, lord. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, but you guys better buy the shit out of that if I actually do it, alright? So, yeah, yeah, you, this is a promise. This is a contractual promise. Yes. Yeah, I won't do it. Uh, I'm too lazy. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, that's probably a good question, to be honest. I think um, the way finance is set up in Australia, it's it, it's very, very um, non-conducive to, to business. Um, and, and that's sort of a, uh, like I said, it's a, kind of a, a side effect of our particular taxation structure and stuff like that as well, but also our financial industry. Uh, it doesn't work very well with business owners, I'm afraid. You know, I deal sort of very directly with uh. like mortgage products and stuff like that. Uh, and books of portfolios, it's almost impossible to get a loan if you're a business owner in Australia, which is kind of unfortunate. Uh, and I, I think it, it's very different in <coughs> America. Um, so I don't know. Uh, m maybe it's just because I'm a pansy and like the idea of a, a nice stable paycheck. But uh, but yeah, I 
don't know, probably will be an employee for life. Oof. Goddamn wage cut. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Well, actually, like, uh, if you are on Reddit, um, my favorite subreddit is, is, is the, f like, r slash fire, which is something I subscribe really heavily to. The idea is that you save and invest enough money um, early on in your career that you can sort of retire really, really early. Um, so my plan is to hopefully retire at, like, 35, 40. Um, so maybe I won't be a wage... Wage cuck all my life. My God. <laughs> I, I, recommend, I recommend you go to the subreddit r slash dank left for some dank left-leaning memes. Oh, my God. This has become a, a, a Reddit recommendation forum. I mean, like, <laughs> a couple of the recommendations, like, there's r slash trees. If you haven't heard of that one, it's pretty dope. I'm so sorry. Okay. If you like reading get walls it, off Dope. <laughs> Okay. Oh, okay. Wasn't my Ab best pun. Abhay, you ask answer so many questions, and you just ask why do you butcher my name every time? It's because I'm a moron and I can't read names that are like not William or Michael because I'm like a, a stupid Aussie bogan, um, and I have not been exposed to uh, more advanced cultures than my own. Abhay, I can get that. Fantastic. I promise <laughs> I will not butcher your name in the future, and I'm so sorry for doing it so many times. Because it's not even that that confusing. It's so it's phonetic, so I sound like a dumbass. But anyway, um, I'll butcher this guy's name just to make you feel better. Murdoch, Murdoch, uh, wondering what is the future of economics explained after the countries and topics have been covered. Oh man, I guess I'll have to go out and get a real job. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Should we'll, just live we'll, stream we'll, games and leave online. Yeah, I'll I'll slowly transition it into a, a gaming channel like everyone else does. Or a podcast. Yeah, 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 I'll transfer it into a podcast. That's, that's cool the thing to do these days. Nah, I don't know. Economic podcast. Deep lore econ <laughs> talk. Yeah, man, why do you have to make me think about the future like that? That's uh, that's scary. I don't want to think about that. I'll, I'll do it all over again. Just we'll, just, we'll just own a business. Like, we'll, it's like... Decrease your time reference. We'll start at, uh, we'll start at Norway uh, all over again. Do you think you will become an investment guru? Like, oh. <laughs> Links to my course in the video guru. description, guys. <laughs> Alright, I had to walk away for a minute. What did I miss? Uh, I'm, I, I'm getting, you know, some banter on how to, to monetize my channel more effectively. So, yeah, you got to buy my course now. Um, yeah. <laughs> Tell people gonna, how to make money. You're yeah. gonna, it's going to be like, um, you know, it's going to be a PDF document, one like one sentence, <laughs> by VGS. There you go, done. I have an idea. I did recommend uh, a couple months Stop. ago that you create a premium Snapchat. I still yeah. think that that is a really good idea. You can um, have premium who's, pictures who's of my dog. Um, yes. Yes. You that got a cat, fair. maybe you can take pussy, but like, that joke, I'm sorry. I, ha I have I an idea. It. The, the economics of uh, Raid Shadow Legends. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, get, a get a sponsored video plus an economics explain on how they actually make money and how they even manage to pay so many people uh, to advertise. Yeah, you know what? They... That, would, that would be really like truly full circle, wouldn't it? It's like... This video, yeah, on, this video about the sponsorship of Raid Shadow Legends is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends. <laughs> How is Raid Shadow Legends making so much money? Oh my God. Actually, <laughs> are they Probably. making a whole lot of money? 
<laughs> I mean, they do deal out sponsorships. That's why I wonder how they make so much. They're reinvesting in their future. Yeah. You just make a 10 minute video of how of all the content and stuff. <laughs> My god. It wouldn't no, be no, 10 no. minutes. It would be forever. No. No. It would be insanely long. Ah, but anyway. I mean, uh, for all we know, they're basically just a drug company in disguise. And they're laundering their money through sponsorships. <laughs> Hey, there you go. That's all right. That's effective. Um, all right. So the uh, the other thing is, I was considering doing like economics of particular companies, um, but I don't know if that, like I, mean, I guess we've sort of indirectly touched on it with uh, the Dutch East India Company, which I suppose is a company. Um, but yeah, I don't know if that would be something that I'd be able to talk about with any kind of depth. I'm not sure. How does Apple like... turn a fucking profit with all their overly expensive stuff? Because it's overly you expensive. You try to make a video of the economics of Pornhub without being demonetized. That will be that will be a challenge. My goodness gracious me! I don't know. Maybe I just maybe I just upload I mean, it explicitly. Just make it Patreon exclusive. You could just upload it to Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. Cut out, cut out the middleman right there. I wonder if they would boost you for mentioning their name. <laughs> oh God. Uh, Make an E live stream on Pornhub and talk to nothing <laughs> but, 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 uh, social innuendos in, in the form of, you know, uh, financial statements. I hate it when my cam girl starts talking about economics. You know, I go there for one thing. Stimulation, not stimulus. Uh, recently, um, uh, Hey girl, I want to stimulate your private parts. Oh my <laughs> wow, this, this got derailed. <laughs> okay, oh, oh, okay, 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 thank goodness for this. Okay, we actually have a question, and a good question. Abhe, uh, again in the live stream, saving, saving my bacon and, and getting this train back onto the rails. Um, can you talk about currency control by China? They act like a central bank buying gold and dollars. Thank goodness. All right, yeah, yeah, great question. Let, let, let's, let, let's do this. So China... Um, we sort of touched on the idea that uh, if you have a, a cheaper currency, right, uh, an artificially lower currency, that makes your exports artificially more expensive. Uh, sorry, cheaper. So we looked at it in the context of Australia. There, their currency has sort of crashed in, in value uh, in the past two months. It's you know sort of lost something like 20% of, it, of its value. Now, it sounds like a really bad thing, but internally within Australia, it might actually be a good thing because it means that uh, Australia is artificially more competitive now and global export markets and, and markets like tourism and stuff like that. Now, what China's been doing is effectively the same thing, uh, but for the entire time. Um, you know, it, it's wanting to do that. Now, Australia has a floating exchange rate, so, you know, whatever the market says its value is worth, okay, they just sort of accept that uh, within reason. Now, China, they, they artificially lower it because they know if they have a lower exchange rate, they, their exports, their whatever it is, anything that has a Made in China logo slapped onto it uh, is going to be artificially more competitive than, let's say, something made in Japan or South Korea or wherever. Um, and that's great because they're an industrial-based nation. Now, how they actually do that is that they sell a lot of their goods for US dollars or, you know, euros or Great British pounds or Australian dollars. 
um, they're happy to actually accept that type of money. Now, of course, when it comes back to trying to, you know, if you have Australian dollars, uh, it's pretty useless for an average consumer. You can't take your Australian dollars down to, you know, the local wet market and, and buy some bat soup with it um, because they're going to be like, well, what's, what's this Skittles dollars that you're trying to pay for it with? Um, you know, that's kind of useless to me. But for the government, it's really handy because they have this supply now of Australian dollars, which does two things. Um, if they're using Australian dollars uh, as the something that they're demanding, well, that actually increases the supply, uh, sorry, increases the demand for Australian dollars and it's reduced the supply within Australia. So that artificially makes an Australian dollar more valuable. And the same thing, of course, the big one is, is let's say, American dollars. It also means that if someone is um, buying up uh, a lot of Chinese currency, well, they can sort of facilitate that trade and artificially push it down because they have this reserve of all these foreign currencies. So they kind of have control. Now, the expense to them is they have to, they have to maintain this supply of a shit ton of, of foreign cash, um, like a huge amount of foreign currency. Uh, because, of course, it's the second most influential economy in the world. There's a lot of exchange between that. There's a lot of trade. So they need to really work hard. And it, it costs them a lot to keep it. Uh, but the advantages to them is that they have factories and export markets and all that sort of stuff that are, you know, kind of like a constant 20% off uh, on the global market. Now, that's kind of wound down in, in recent years. Uh, but it is still sort of an ongoing thing. And it, and it makes a lot of people kind of pretty angry because... People have sort of said, like, you know, the World Trade Organization sort of pushes for um, free-floating currencies and, and a lot of people sort of adhere to that and they sort of say, well, yeah, okay, this is great, but China's cheating. Um, you know, I can't compete with that because they've artificially lowered their price, which is probably a fair complaint, to be honest. Yeah, but you get, like, what? You get goods in exchange for, like, paper? Uh, oh, my goodness, I just played that video. <laughs> God damn it, Z! Do you just <laughs> praise your own your own video? Yeah, I'm actually yes, surprised I you did. edited that so quickly. Like that's that's Spends pretty impressive. On Fiverr. Uh, I I I did a video editing as a job for a while, so okay. oh, and okay. I've also got like a project file just on on demand. I can just whip out. So look, I'm honestly like it's pretty easy. Very 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 impressed. Like that was that the turnaround time was was bang on. Like my goodness gracious me. It's two downloads and just an easy drag and drop. Yeah, all right. Wow. Impressive. Some of us are noobs in Adobe Premiere, all right? So it should be nice. I feel better no. about myself. No. God damn it. You should be using the, nice. the uh, terminal-based editor called FFmpeg for your video editing. <laughs> no. <laughs> feeling when your video is .exe. No, 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 your, your video is compiled by making, like, a hundred string-long commands into your terminal. Oh my goodness. Truly, it's the most based way to make videos. Wow, I feel like this, this uh, server's more controlled by, like, uh, computer science majors than, than it is economics people. Yes, but... it is. Yes, you're That's right. You're, you're very much right. But, no. but, that, but that just... <laughs> That just tends to be the internet. Like, my goodness, it's like everyone's everyone's employed as a programmer somehow. Uh, 
economists just spend a lot of time on computers. Yeah, but think about it. An, an economist doesn't go on YouTube, YouTube to search for somebody to explain the economy to him, does he? Ah, selection so bias. True. I like it. Uh, yeah, they go yeah, to, like, actually read the market there. I mean, I, I do. I like his videos, and I'm, I'm well-versed in economics. I just like his videos. I can't stand if he makes the same kind of video over and over. It's nah. That, it's that smooth... I like it when you swear as well. It's funny. Ah, it's good. I'm so... <laughs> Yes. He makes the same video over and over again. He just more, changes the country. Uh, He's so lazy. You added a little bit of <laughs> 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 memes, I guess. No, I'm gonna try that. You know, you know what? You know what? I'm gonna do it to make make people really angry. Who who recommended that Spain video? You know what I'm gonna do? I'm going to copy and paste the Italy video, and just every time I mention Italy, <laughs> I'm just gonna really badly double okay. Spain. Just make a video. Wait, so make a video EE Spain and have it like a Somebody Spain else should do that. She will do it within with, an hour. With your no, permission, have... I'll do it. Um, no, I... I don't even need your recording. I've got a Fluttershy uh, voice modulator. I'll, I'll whip that out. I'll, oh, you don't even need to say Spain. Uh, you know what? And, 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 and to make people. On all, the, on all the stock footage that you have in the video, just put a sombrero on every, every man that's in there. My. <laughs> God, Matthias. Yeah, that... and when he says this is Spain, and you see pictures of Italy, it's it's in character. <laughs> yep. Matthias using a ham radio or something. Yeah, Matt. It, it, it literally yes. sounds like you're on, like you know the. Matthias is using like a like you're coming to us live from a submarine or something. connected with a string. Yeah. <laughs> this is Spain. Shows like Milan. Yeah, <laughs> This is Spain. Like, Thank you, Vaughn. <laughs> making, making my job real easy. Right. My goodness. Do I dare <laughs> click on that link? What is What is it? What is it? Am I going to want it? Oh, no. Is this me saying Spain? Yes. Yes, what? it's you saying Spain. The gogs of history are moving. It's going to be the dub of you saying Spain. <clears throat> okay, now there's your Italy Spain. video. Okay, okay, no, okay, I'll so that's, that's Fluttershy. Like, who do you most closely ident identify with? Do you closely identify with Twilight, Sparkle, Fluttershy, or Rarity? Uh, um, are these, train. like, My Little Ponies or strippers? I, I don't yeah, know so what I'm concerned ponies, by. Friendship is magic. So, like, Twilight, Sparkle, Fluttershy, Rarity. Those are your choices. Who do you choose? The Red Baron. Um, I mean, uh, Twilight. Twilight? Okay. I'll make a voice for Twilight then. Oh, Thanks, Lord. Spain instead. Oh, please, no. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, Lord. What have I done? All right. So, um, since uh, it seems like we're out of decent people making decent questions, uh, it is two o'clock here in the morning here in Australia, so I'm going to sleep. I hope you guys all enjoyed the video and uh, the more on-topic discussion and everything here. Um, thanks for uh, being good up until the last five minutes and, well, you know, the, the, the ponies kind of got in. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, continue to talk amongst yourselves, but I'll see you all on Sunday for the next video. Okay. Anybody in BC? Oh, and goodbye to everyone on the live stream there as well.